0: one of the downfalls of perfectionism, that's negative lumping. And this was something very interesting. A researcher at the University of Chicago describes, I've seen this happen for a lot of clients that I work with that are perfectionists. And this research paper sort of like backed this up and talked about how this is something common is when people dismiss valuable progress that they've made because they didn't achieve it fully. Like they didn't do a perfect job, so they lump that result into the category of a failure. I am so glad you are here. Welcome to the Real and Uplifted podcast with Dorothy. I'm your host, walking you through all things real and unfiltered about being a woman, a mom, a wife, a business owner, reaching your fitness and health goals, whether it is losing weight gaining muscle, or just feeling your healthiest and best in your body, as well as everything in between. Here to inspire you to make life just a little easier so you can live your dreams and feel uplifted one episode at a time. So let's get started. Hello, welcome to this week's episode from one recovering perfectionist, to another possible perfectionist or recovering perfectionist. I am so excited to share this week's episode with you because I feel like we often attract who we are. And a lot of the clients that I work with are, you know, very successful, have a bit of perfectionist tendencies, like all or nothing. And I can really relate to that too. And I want to talk about how You know, sometimes that can help us do amazing, but also leave us feeling really burnt out. And it can also really keep us from doing amazing and feeling our best when it comes to reaching any goal. I'm going to especially dive into how this affects our weight loss and fitness goals and how this can like almost sabotage us. Why I feel like women have a lot of pressure on them to be perfectionists where does this come from? Like diving in, sort of observing what pieces of this you can relate to so that hopefully you are able to move beyond it and move into more of a balanced mindset, move into more a progress over perfectionism. Like it doesn't have to be perfect to be purposeful, to be impactful. I would love to represent that for you. I feel like before I dive in, like two things in my own life that I can point to that really helped me release things needing to be perfect is like, I could go back even farther, like teaching middle school a little bit. Although even then, like I felt like I really needed, you know, to be positive, to have the perfect positive discipline plan, to have the lessons perfectly planned and to, you know, have backup plans and everything had to be like well structured and scripted and that helped me have a lot of success in the classroom. But I also was able to see controlled chaos as I called it with teaching middle school was also okay. The next part of my life or phase where I feel like I was able to release a lot more perfectionism was having kids. You know, before you have kids, I'm sure you have ideas and things in mind and Definitely felt more quote unquote perfect with my first kid, even though I definitely had some struggles. But like with the second kid, way more processed snacks. Like I wasn't bringing an avocado to snack on and the house wasn't as neat. The meals weren't as planned. A lot of those things, they just had to be let go of to survive. And instead of like beating myself up about it, I had to just shift my expectations of what I wanted my life to look like and what quote unquote perfect was. And then I feel like for all of us, and I hope that the pandemic gave you this gift. I feel like the pandemic allowed us to embrace not being perfect, to embrace like if you saw that clip that I think went viral of The dad like doing a report from his office at home, and he's like very put together, presenting live. And the kid strolls in, like marching on in, and then another kid comes in in a walker, and then the the mom like is rushing in and like dragging out one kid and like pulling out the other and like crawling out on her hands and knees and like closing the door. And I think why that went so viral is because like we have this deep yearning. To not be perfect, to drop any sort of facade that anyone is perfect or experiencing life put together all the time. And the pandemic gave people permission to show up just messy. And it allowed me to like go all in on starting my business imperfectly because showing up imperfectly with whatever you want to do, just getting started is more powerful. Than waiting until the timing is perfect, waiting until your mindset is perfect, waiting until your life is perfect, because that's just never going to exist. So if we can let go of that and just jump in messy, we're going to have such better long term results. I'm hoping that by the end of this episode, you're like, okay, let me release another layer of perfection to get better results. But before we dive into some of these things and words and strategies that I want to give you to just reflect on and look at and shift. Let's talk a little bit about why perfectionism might be a personality trait for you, you know, setting really high standards for yourself, which isn't a bad thing. Like set those high standards, set those lofty goals for yourself. You know, when I was in school and I think a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people, I hear them talking about, oh, I was never that successful in school. Like I was in school and I was getting A's and I was like, how are you showing up to take a test and not having incredibly crammed for it? Like one, I think I got a C plus one year in school and I was like, never again. Like this is not for me. Like, you know, I graduated with over a 4.0 GPA and that was just what. What was going to happen? But my perfectionism, like, there are lots of ways I can see. Like, one, I took criticism very, very hard, like, already very self critical of myself to hear anyone confirm that with any sort of critique upon me or what I was doing. Like, it just felt like, oh, like the worst possible thing. And growing up dancing, I feel like that was sort of a positive shift I had to make because honestly, if if you're good, if you have potential, like your teachers are going to give you critiques and things to work on to improve. And you have to be able to take those in, not from a place of, oh my gosh, they're telling me something I'm doing wrong because I'm terrible and horrible and they don't believe in me, but like shifting your mindset. And I think my mom helped me see this, even though it was a struggle and super hard, but like shifting your mindset to being like, oh they see all this potential in me. They know I can do it. So they're giving me the next step, the next piece to improve because I'm ready for it. It's not a critique of what I'm not doing right and what I should be doing. It's, hey, here's the next piece for you because I can see that you're ready for it. So that mindset shift can be super powerful. We want people who are Going to help challenge us to move and grow to the next level. But if we're so self critical of ourselves, of not meeting these high standards to the point of never trying, that's where perfectionism just doesn't work. So, some of the reasons perfectionism can happen one, we are self critical of ourselves and we fear like that failure, that judgment, you know, not meeting someone else's expectations that can feel so terrible and we don't like feeling bad so we can want to avoid that by just being perfect like if i'm perfect if i do everything perfect and right no one can come at me about things and then i don't i don't have to deal with that judgment right another one is like social expectations especially with women and they talk about like having it all running the business being a great mom your appearance as a woman your behavior your achievements All of these expectations, even when I sometimes am sharing, hey, things you can do to support your health and hormones. And I think as women, it can be like, oh my gosh, I have this many more things to do to take care of myself. That can feel overwhelming on top of all of the expectations that are buried upon us. Comparison culture, social media does this to the extreme because everyone is sharing their best self the things they're they're happy about i think we're getting more vulnerable on social media i think it's becoming more of a real place a place where like people do love you know showing up imperfectly but we can still compare to where we feel we should be where we see other people are at and that pressure to measure up to that spot to those bodies to those you know businesses whatever it is and that can increase it going back to like your childhood experience, high parent expectations, feeling like that criticism from a parent or feeling like you're never doing enough, you're never being enough for someone else. And then we can like subconsciously or consciously like carry that with us and have that need for that external validation. You know, like, look at what I've done. Like, look at my grades on my report card. Look at my success here. Like, and searching for that external validation through being a perfectionist can definitely weigh heavy of us. And this ties into having yourself worth being tied to achievement. If I haven't said this on a other podcast, like hear me say it now, you are worthy because you are. Like it's not tied to your achievements. It's not tied to how much you weigh. It's not tied to your kids' achievements. For sure, like don't put that pressure on your kids and like your happiness, like don't tie it to your kids' achievements. But like your self-worth, we can tie it so closely to what we achieve to seeing the scale going down as another source of external validation and that fear of not meeting it and not feeling worthy that can keep us showing up as perfectionists. So while being a perfectionist, it can motivate us for a lot of achievement I know that some of my clients and some of my best clients that like, I love the most that do amazing while we're working together that I'm like, okay, we're going to come up with a plan. I'm going to check in. Do you feel confident you can do this plan? They're going to be like, yes, they're going to execute it. They're going to check off the things on their schedule. They're going to be like, oh, I love that it's scheduled for me. It's on my list. I'm doing it for myself. I'm checking it off. Like they're going to do amazing. They're going to get results because they're going to do the things and they're going to do it pretty well but i'm going to talk about where their downfall comes in and the flip side of the clients who struggle more even though they too are perfectionist and i just want to say like sometimes trying to be perfect at everything it really does come at a cost to your mental health to your well-being it can add a lot of extra stress extra anxiety depression burnout i know for myself my husband doesn't understand why when we're like Going on a vacation, it can be stressful for me when we're getting ready and packing. And one, mom, I love you, but my mom definitely got stressed out with like packing and having everything. But two, like, I feel like we invest time, money, energy in these vacations. Like, I want it to be so perfect. And it used to stress me out like any change in the plan, when I had a plan, it was going to go this way, it was going to be perfect, how I envisioned it. Any change would really cause me even more stress. And with kids, this is a blessing. It was a little hard at first. And with just having my husband, who his energy is a little more laid back and go with the flow, it has allowed me to be like, all right, you know, the, the plan doesn't have to go perfectly and we can still be in the moment. Like, I don't have to over plan the perfect day for a vacation and we can still be okay. I still sometimes feel like, you know, you got to have everything you possibly need. And I think as the mom, like if I don't think of it, no one else is. And my husband is so amazing at being like, what can I help with? What what do you need me to help you do? Which is great, but I'm still holding like, all right, we need this if it's sunny. Do we need medicine in case a kid gets sick? Do we need this? Do we need this? And that's stressful, guys. I'm working on it, but that can be stressful, especially if every event in your life is like that. And I am very, very thankful that for kids' sports, my husband will like pack the bags and make sure we have everything. And I take care of my pieces and he takes care of some pieces too that I don't even have to say. And we'll still be in the car and I'll be like, Do you have our shin guards? Do you have, do we get our water bottle? And he'll be like, Yep, it's in here because you can ask for help. Like you don't have to do it alone. And odds are, it'll turn out all right. Like there will be a store. There will be someone to help you. It'll turn out okay. So practicing self-compassion, just being aware of it and being like, I'm willing to release this. I can see how this isn't necessarily helpful for me. Realizing that with any pattern of thought behavior it's a pattern that has been practiced. So if you want to release Perfectionism and shift your mindset, you're going to have to practice letting it go, letting it be okay. So here I want to talk to you about sort of one of the downfalls of perfectionism, and that's like negative lumping. And this was something very interesting. A, a researcher at the University of Chicago sort of describes, I've seen this happen for a lot of clients that I work with that are perfectionists. And this research paper sort of like backed this up and talked about how this is something common. Sometimes we don't need research to tell us things that we know and we can see, but it helps is when people dismiss like valuable progress that they've made because they didn't achieve it fully. Like they didn't fully achieve the goal, they didn't do a perfect job. So they lump that endeavor, that result into the category of a failure just because it wasn't perfect. They make it a failure as if they had no improvements at all. And one of the things with my clients that is so transformational is like checking in with a weekly review, with a weekly reflection, because I can see and track, you know, their food diary, their workouts, their weight weigh-ins, all of these things, these concrete pieces. But more important than that is more how are you feeling? What are you viewing as a win? What are you viewing as something going really well? What do you feel ready to work on next? What are you struggling with? What are you viewing as a loss? Because there are lots of times when I've looked at a client's food diary, when I've looked at their progress on the scale and I'm like, oh my gosh, you are winning. This is awesome. Forward progress. You know, you're lining everything up. You're laying the foundation. And then they'll be like, send me a message and be like, I'm not doing enough. They won't even say perfectly. They'll be like, I didn't do this. And I'll be like, well, you did do this. I saw you got these vegetables in, or I saw you got these workouts done. But they're dismissing what they did do because it wasn't fully to the extreme. So one thing I like to think about is when you're setting goals, set like I'm going to do at least an easy example is workouts. I'm going to do at least three workouts. Don't set your goal so high that if you don't meet the perfect, I worked out six days a week, which honestly you do not need to do to make progress, set it where like there's a higher chance of your success. Like do stretch yourself too. Like don't say like, I'm going to work out one time this week and you're like easily nailing like five workouts a week. That'd be silly, but set it so like you're more likely to experience success especially if you're someone who struggles with all or nothing. Another example would be a client setting a step goal and they could be like, "Okay, I'm going to hit 8,000 steps a day." And then they end up getting like 7,600 and they're like, "Ah, oh, I didn't meet my step goal." You know, like you're so close. Sometimes these numbers we're setting are a little arbitrary. And whether you hit, you know, 7,600 one day and the next day you hit 9,000, like it's going to even out. Same thing with calories. A lot of clients before they worked with me, they have the idea that when you're trying to lose weight, they realize they have to be in a calorie deficit. And I'm going to use 1,200, but please like do not start with trying to eat just 1,200 calories. That's for... 99.9% of my clients like that is not the number of calories they need to eat to lose weight. That is far too little, but they'll think in their mind, like I have to eat 1200 calories. I have to eat 1200 calories. And if they eat like 1295 calories, they'll be like, oh my gosh, I failed. I didn't make it. So I like to focus with clients of a range of calories. You want to eat between these things, because let's be honest, we're going to be Hungrier some days, not as hungry other days. So, giving clients a range of calories. So, one way to help support your perfectionism is to set goals that are a little more flexible and open for you achieving success without having to hit some perfect impossible target. Because otherwise, what happens when we experience this negative lumping where you don't hit that goal fully, or I have also seen it with people who have perfectionists tendencies with maybe keeping a food diary, they feel like if I can't track everything perfectly, I'm not going to track my food at all. If I'm grabbing a handful of Teddy Grahams, I'm not going to put that in my food diary and I'm not going to put the foods in after in my food diary because that's not the perfect thing. That's not what I should be eating. And when we dove in and like, let me talk about the Teddy Grahams, said like, okay, well, let's just, just observe it with a neutral mindset. Like, How many calories is a handful of Teddy grams? And we looked at what is serving size in. I think it was like 22 Teddy grams, which is a good, good amount. It wasn't that many calories. Like it wouldn't have offset her day. But what happens by not entering it and then feeling like I haven't done it well, I'm not doing a good job and all the food she ate later, like that's what really sabotages the day. So the problem with this, Being a perfectionist and then negative lumping anything that isn't perfection into the fail column is sometimes there are some near misses, like we're right there, but we missed it by one workout or we missed it by a couple steps or we missed our protein goal by 10 grams. And we view that as the same thing as a failure or you wanted to lose 10 pounds, but you only lost seven and you feel discouraged instead of proud. So like switching that mindset is huge. Number two is the comparison trap. Again, social media can sometimes exasperate this, but in my group coaching program especially, like you hear someone making all this progress and you're happy for them, but at the same time, you're like, I'm here, I'm working too. I've only lost five pounds and she's lost 10 pounds. Like, shouldn't I be there? And honestly, just telling you like, oh, you should feel differently isn't always going to help, but asking yourself like, so at what point would you be satisfied? Is it waiting until you hit the 10 pounds that you're going to feel happy, that you're going to feel good enough? Why doesn't losing eight pounds at this point feel like enough? Walk yourself through this. And if you can realize, okay, the cutoff, the timeline, the number is a little arbitrary and I can see the progress and I can pick this up as a piece to know that continued progress is coming, like that is so much more powerful to appreciate your progress. It's not a pass fail. Like in life, it's not a yes, you're in or no, you're not. Like there is so much gray. And when you can see your progress for what it is, progress and celebrate that, you're going to make so much more progress. This is one piece we're working with a coach. I think for people who are perfectionists, one, even the clients doing amazing at hitting the targets, doing the things. Having that support to view their progress as progress and to release a little bit of the perfection is huge. Having the coach to say, okay, I can see you're struggling with getting started with this because you feel like it has to be perfect. What would feel good enough? And that's a conversation to have because, you know, we can't be perfect. Like if you only have 20% of your energy to give and you give 20%, guess what? That was good enough for your life right now. There will be other days you can give more. So we're always looking at the bright spots. The key is always to look at like those small wins. And if you take one thing away from today's episode, it would be that perfection is not needed for success. Oftentimes it is a learned, practiced, ingrained behavior And it's okay to want big things for yourself, to stretch yourself, to want big goals, to show up as your best. Yes, that's amazing, but you don't have to be so hard on yourself and you can make plenty of progress in your weight loss journey, in your business, in your life without being perfect. People are still going to like you and love you and you are worthy just as you are. So take that message away with yourself today and if you found it helpful i would be honored if you shared this podcast on your social media or just texted it to just one friend because there are far too many of us women in the world who are either a recovering perfectionist and can listen to this message more than once or are like stuck in that perfectionist mindset and it is holding you back something i am loving and i have done this before i can't even remember if i've shared this that i'm loving it before But it is starting my day with gratitude and specifically like if there's something I was talking to a client about this this week and she was talking about her job and how stressful it is, but how she's, you know, she's a single mom and she's like in it and it's providing for her family and she's got to do it like there's not a way out, but it is just so stressful And she was talking about some of her other practices and journaling and gratitude and how she always starts the day with, you know, gratitude for her kids and her family. And one of the things I shared that was that sometimes when we're struggling with something, if we can find gratitude in that thing. So even though we also talked about strategies for reducing stress and like some boundaries and what would feel good and all of these things. But She's already in the practice of starting her day with gratitude, which I love. Do it. It feels so good. But one of the things that can add to that is adding in some gratitude for the thing you're struggling with. Maybe it's a relationship with a parent. Maybe it's a relationship with a spouse. Maybe it's a relationship with a child. Maybe it's a relationship with your boss. Maybe it's a relationship with your work. Can you write down like I am so grateful for the money and this job is bringing in. I am so grateful for the way my husband makes the bed every morning. I am so grateful for how involved my mom is in my kid's life. These don't have to be big things. I'm so grateful that my boss trusts me to take care of this. You know, if you can't change your reality, If you can change your perception of that and find some gratitude in the small things, and I'm not saying like ignore a toxic environment, but if you can find gratitude, it's going to make it easier to feel good in that situation. So I hope you found that helpful too, and you add some gratitude to your day, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to The Real and Uplifted Show make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button from wherever you're listening. And as always, if you especially enjoyed this episode, leaving a review or sharing with a friend is the kindest way to pass this on and uplift others. If you're curious about anything from today's episode and ready to move closer to your goals, make sure you check the show notes for some fun bonuses. And to continue the conversation, shoot me a message on Instagram or Facebook at Dorothy McGatlin. Talk to you soon.